Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello everyone, Charles Watts here. Welcome to a Monday edition of Inside Arsenal and what an excellent edition it is going to be because Arsenal won yesterday. They won at Everton. The Goodison Park hoodoo is officially done. It is over. Finito, Arsenal winning 1-0 on Merseyside last night with that Leandro Trossard's second half goal. What a goal that was. Doing the business for Mikel Arteta's side, continuing their unbeaten start to the season. Five games, four wins, one draw, a couple of points behind Manchester City. But it's been a very nice start to the season, if not yet in top gear. But I think there's a lot to like about the fact Arsenal aren't yet hitting top gear. and But they are winning and they are going and controlling games. And I thought they absolutely controlled that game yesterday. Yes, it certainly would have been nicer had they scored two or three goals. But... They never really looked like conceding. I don't think it was a very controlled performance against, let's face it, a pretty rubbish Everton side. But an Everton side that was made to look pretty rubbish by Arsenal by the way they controlled that game. Um, and yeah, I'm feeling pretty good about it this morning. I don't know about you, judging by the comments that I've seen from you guys on social and getting in touch with me, you most of you seem happy about it as well. So there was lots to like about that. And now also it's Champions League week. It is Monday morning. We are waking up. And Arsenal are back in the Champions League this week, just two days away from the big return to the competition that, let's face it, Arsenal should have been in um, for the last, God knows how many years, what is it, seven years? I think it is something like that since the last in it. And uh, yeah, now back where they belong and hopefully going to have a very nice campaign starting with PSV on Wednesday. So lots to look forward to this week. But I wanted to spend today's episode sort of looking back a little bit more in depth at what went on at Goodison yesterday. I thought it was a really good game, really good performance from Arsenal at times. They needed to up the tempo a little bit. I thought the sort of 20-minute period up to half-time, 
I thought they lost their weight a little bit. Basically, when Gabriel Martinelli went off and Trossard came on, I thought that sort of rocked Arsenal for a little bit, knocked them out of their stride. I thought for the first 20, 25 minutes, they were very good. And then I thought for the second half, on the whole, they were very good as well. It was just that little period before half time where it just, it just sort of, they just fell away a little bit. The passing was a little bit slack. Everton began to get a little bit of a foothold, if you can call it that, in the game. But aside from that, I thought it was a really dominant away performance from Arsenal at a ground that obviously very highly publicised. Arsenal hadn't won at for a long, long time since Arsene Wenger's final season at the club. And so they needed to go there and needed to sort of change history a little bit. And lay down a bit of a marker and you could see by the celebrations of full time how happy they were. They knew it was a big win. Yes, it was against the side who've been struggling so far this season. It was probably a game they were expected to win. But as we've seen in previous years, it's not easy to go to Goodison, no matter how poor Everton are playing. When you go there, if you let the fans get involved, it can be a difficult place to go, that old football cliche. But Arsenal didn't let that happen yesterday. I thought they controlled the game really, really well. I mean, when you look at the stats... 74% possession for Arsenal, only 26 for Everton. Um, passes, 235 for Everton, 668 for Arsenal. Pass actually nearly 90% for Mikel Arteta's side, just 67% for Jordan Dyche's side. 13 shots to eight, four shots on target to one, 11 corners to one. It was do uh, domination. It was such a controlled performance. And that is when you're going to somewhere like Everton, and I think back to last season's game, the 1-0, and what Arsenal did wrong in that game. They started, they were in control for the first sort of 20, 20 minutes that game. And they just lost their weight and they let the fans get involved. And suddenly this atmosphere that had been pretty flat for the first 20 minutes, it just changed completely. Suddenly the Everton fans started to believe. They started roaring the team on. That gave Everton the sort of push they needed to up the intensity. And you could just feel the game had changed and Arsenal had let the game get away from them. And then they ultimately ended up conceding the set piece and losing 1-0. That never happened yesterday. This was, a, I think, it's very much a new thing that we're seeing from Arsenal. We saw it against Crystal Palace at times. We've seen it even at home, but they've just done a couple of stupid things and given away silly breakaway goals at home. But largely, I think we're seeing a much more controlled Arsenal team this season. I think a lot of the changes that Mikel Arteta has made, little tweaks to the system, players coming in, it's all been about making Arsenal you know, a little bit less chaotic um, and just more controlled. I spoke about it in yesterday's video, my player ratings video. I just think that's what we're seeing from Arsenal. It might not be as pretty and as thrilling and as exhilarating as what we all witnessed last season in some of those performances. But I think Mikel would have looked long and hard in the summer. Well, I know he looked long and hard in the summer trying to work out how do we go one better? Because as good as Arsenal were last season, they didn't win it. They still came second. They still fell short. So if you are going to get past Manchester City, maybe you have to do something a little bit different. And I think what we're seeing now from Arsenal, certainly in the early weeks of the season, I think they can get better. They can play better football. They can be more exciting. But I still think a large part of it is about Arsenal just being more controlled and dominating games more and not giving teams a little bit of a sniff. And I thought they did that really, really well. And it was something to like about yesterday's performance. I mean, Mikel was really happy about it. You can see in his quotes, he's really happy, extremely happy with the performance and the way we played. It was six years that we were unable to do that. That was the challenge in front of us and the opportunity as well. And we looked at everything that we needed to do. And we did that on the pitch. I think we dominated from start to finish. We created a lot of chances, a lot of dominance in the game. We gave nothing away. And to do that here, it's a big compliment to the players because it's not easy to do that at all. And he's right. It's not easy to do that at all. Doesn't matter how bad Everton are and how poor they are. When you go to good, so even the games have lost this season. When you look, I think they lost to Wolves, didn't they? They lost to someone else at home, but they actually had loads of chances in that game. They just missed a load of chances and then caught, caught on a sucker punch. That didn't happen yesterday. You know, I can't. There was 
no chances for Everton. There was a couple of pot shots. I think um, someone had one put, well, I think it was Dan Schumer in the second half, sort of poked, toe poked one over from the edge of the box. Uh, and that was about it. You know, it was, you never felt like Arsenal were going to concede, even from a set piece. And so I can see why Mikel was happy about it. It would be nice, as I said, to get a couple more goals. And Arsenal had chances. They didn't take them. Obviously, they had the VAR goal, which we'll talk about a little bit later on in the show. Um, but they had other chances as well. Even after Trossard had scored, you had that moment where, um, was it Odegaard? It was Odegaard on his right foot. He drew the save. And then the ball came back to Vieira. His shot was blocked. I think Jesus had a sort of breakaway that he didn't take advantage of. There was a couple of balls that were whipped in that uh, Inkestia sort of wasn't alive to to turn in. There were chances to make it more comfortable. Erdegaard early in the second half when he cut inside and had that shot that was straight at Pickford. You know, it, and Arsenal need to be taking those chances. They need to, as much as I like the way they're controlling game, you know, it's still a, a one-goal game. And in the Premier League, you know, anything can happen at that point. One set piece, one moment of quality and suddenly it's all square and you're back to square one again. So you need to start. The next step, I think, from this season is to start winning games more comfortably. They're dominating games, they're controlling games, but now they need to sort of put their foot on the opponents at times and score the second goal, scored the third goal and just be able to cruise through things, which again, when you look at Manchester City, that is tend to be what they do. You know, they won't just win a, a game 1-0. They'll control games. They'll kind of, they're pretty boring to watch at times, which I think you sort of look at Arsenal now and, and the way we've seen some of their games this season, certainly the away games, it's kind of like that. It's just controlling it so much that almost you're just like, oh, this isn't much fun. But you're controlling games. But what City do differently is they go on and score the second and third goal. And that's what I think Arsenal are going to have to do. Um, and I'm sure they will do it as well uh, as the season progresses. I'm sure they will start scoring more goals than they're, than they're doing at the moment. And when you look at the team that Mikel selected, obviously the big call was a goalkeeper. Um, Fabio Vieira came in for Havertz, which I thought Havertz would start. But I, I like the fact that he gave Vieira that start because his performances warranted it. He's been really, really good. Havertz has obviously been pretty, pretty ordinary. And um, so I thought Vieira warranted that start. So I was quite happy, even though I was a bit fearful that it'd be a bit too physical for him. But it wasn't. I thought Vieira was really, really good. Um, and he deserves a lot of praise for his performance. Um, Eddie Nketiah started instead of Jesus, which I managed to talk myself out of on the day of the game. After all week saying that I think Nketiah would start, I changed my mind right the day of the game and thought Jesus would. But he stuck with Nketiah, who had a disappointing afternoon and Ketia just didn't really work for him he wasn't really involved barely had any touches and just seemed a little bit flat-footed I thought at times when he could maybe have got himself in a, in a better position to score but the big call was in goal obviously David Rye coming in immediately after the first international break it mirrors what happened with Bernd Leno and Aaron Ramsdale a couple of years ago when Ramsdale replaced Leno after the first international break and made the number one spot his own now there were some really interesting comments from Mikel after the game on the goalkeepers um, when he was asked about, you know, why he opted to start Raya. And he said, you know, points to the fact it was exactly the same as why he decided to play Fabio Vieira rather than Kai Havertz, why he decided to play Inketia rather than um, Jesus. And he just points to the fact that look, he's got two quality goalkeepers and um, and he's going to kind of... And he hinted that he's going to basically pick and choose the goalkeeper depending on the game and the situation and the way he wants to play. It's like he says... Here, David has tremendous qualities like Aaron and Carl. He means Carl Hine there obviously has, but we use them and it is like this. I'm a really young manager. I have only had three and a half years in a job and I have very few, or sorry, I have few regrets. It was on two occasions that after 60 minutes 
and 85 minutes in two games in this period, I could have changed the keeper in that moment and I didn't do it. I didn't have the courage to do it, but I am able to take a winger or striker off and put a central defender on at the back to make it a back five and hold the result. We drew those games and I was so unhappy. Someone is going to do it and it will be strange and you'll ask why, but tell me why not. If you have all the qualities in another goalkeeper to do something or if something is happening and you want to change the momentum, then do it. Is there a regret that I have? And now my feeling is to get everybody engaged in the team. and They have to play regardless of the competition. This is my message. I mean, it's really interesting what he's talking about there. It's something we've just not really heard of before or seen happen before. And we still haven't seen it happen because he hasn't done it. But the fact that he says there he felt like he had opportunities to change during the game. And he says in this period, so... I mean, you're thinking, what, the Fulham game? Maybe Arsenal after have made it 2-1. You know, is he thinking there, I should have, I, I want to take Ramsdale off and bring Raya on? I mean, why at that point? I don't know. Maybe he thought Arsenal had sat back a little bit and Raya would have moved the ball forward a little bit more quickly than Ramsdale. Maybe that's what he was thinking about because he said they'd draw. Maybe he's talking about the games at the end of last season, West Ham away or Liverpool away, something like that. I can't, I mean, Liverpool away, I imagine, because Ramsdale was brilliant and Arsenal under so much pressure in that game. And also, Arsenal didn't have David Ryer on the bench for those games. They had Matt Turner, and I can't imagine you're going to bring Matt Turner on uh, for any for any point. So, I mean, it's really interesting, and it's going to be intriguing to see if he actually does it. Like a lot of you have been getting in touch talking about this, and I've got some of your questions and comments here on the screen. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. One from Yavin Wonder says, Hi Charles, what did you make of Mikel's comments about the times he thought about making a goalkeeping sub but didn't do it? And in the end, it cost us points. Regardless of how weird it sounds, do you think that's an innovation that can be made in modern football setup? And lastly, can it work out in, in your own opinion? I mean, it's just it's just because it's something we've never really seen before. We've seen it for um, just ahead of a penalty shootout, haven't we? We've seen goalkeepers subbed on just for the penalty shootouts which you can understand because certain goalkeepers can be better at saving penalties than others. And it's totally understandable. But to do it with, say, 15 minutes to go, 20 minutes to go, to change the momentum of the game, it's just unheard of, really. So it sounds so alien that you just wonder and you know what it would do to the other goalkeeper if you did that. But he's got a point. It's like, if you really think that doing that will change the momentum of a game and give you something that you think you've lost, perhaps, in a match then why can't you do it? Why wouldn't you be able to do it? It just makes perfect sense that if you've lost the momentum in the game, if another team's dominating and you've got a goalkeeper who can play the ball out quickly with his feet and get things moving, then why wouldn't you do it? It's it's, it's a really interesting one. And I'm intrigued to see if he actually lives up to his sort of words on it, really, and does it and changes the momentum of games by doing things like that. And um, 
yeah, I mean, we've seen Mikel come out with stuff like that before in his press conferences, and um, you kind of gloss over it a little bit and think, oh, he's just he's just saying that. But if he lives up to his word, it'll be a really interesting development, and it will certainly be something that's, like you said, a very big innovation when it comes to managing games. There's one here from Diehard Gunner four eight four four. He said that's the end for Ramsdale, as far as I'm concerned. Cost us way too many points. Raya looked way more intelligent, better decision making. That's the issue I had with Ramsdale. He made stupid mistakes. Raya has a shirt until he makes a few mistakes. For me, um, misspelled Stallion there says, I think I think giving Raya the start was tactical. Only area Raya is clearly superior to Ramsdale with dealing with crosses. Everton loves crosses. Ergo, we saw Raya. Wouldn't be surprised to see Ramsdale in big matches or against counter-attacking sides and Raya against teams with high cross volume or when we need the long ball to bypass midfield and build up rather than this traditional cup league rotation. Yeah, I mean, I think... I've always said once since Raya's come in that one that, that at some point in the season Raya's going to be number one. I didn't expect it was going to happen this early. I thought it would happen later on in the season. Ramsdale, I don't think, in my opinion, has made any mistakes this season. So I in a way I was kind of surprised yesterday when I saw the team and heard the team. But you know, it's no big surprise that Raya is in in Mikel's thinking, I believe his long-term number one. You just, I just don't see why you would sign David Raya if he's not going to be the long-term number one. It would be really interesting to see who starts on Wednesday night. Is there going to be a, go- a cup goalkeeper, as Mispel Stallion kind of said, mentions there, in terms of the traditional League Cup rotation? Will we see that? Will we see Raya, Will we see Ramsdale now in goal for the Champions League and for the Carabao Cup and Raya in goal for the Premier League? Or will Mikel pick and choose, depending on the opposition and the type of game he thinks it's going to be and what he thinks he needs from the back. I mean, David Raya, you say there is better coming for crosses. I think we saw that yesterday. He was very, very good. A few times Everton did get out wide and got balls into the box. I thought Raya dealt with him very, very well. I think with his feet, with his passing, I think Ramsdale's good, but I think Raya's exceptional. Um, and we didn't really have to see that too much yesterday because Arsenal was so dominant in the game, but it might be something we see later on. Um, and I, I tend to agree with diehard Ram. Uh, Gonna hear not so much that I don't think I don't think Ramsdale's cost as many points, too many points. Um, I don't think he's done much wrong, but I just do think that for me, I think it said an awful lot yesterday about who Arteta's think about Arteta's thinking for his long term number one. And I think Raya now has that shirt unless he starts making a fair few mistakes. And judging by what we saw at Everton, uh, Brentford last season, he doesn't make too many mistakes. The good thing for Arsenal is <laughs> they've got two very, very good goalkeepers for whether it only be for a season, which I imagine it will, because I can't see long-term this continuing. I think one person's going to en- end up leaving. That just it happens when you have two top-quality goalkeepers. Um, but for now, for this season anyway, I think it's a very nice problem for Mikel Arteta to have. Okay, on one of the sort of, well, actually the big blow from yesterday was obviously Martinelli's injury after scoring that goal. It was ruled out. He felt his hamstring. If you're watching YouTube, you can see him there with the hand on the back of his right leg, not looking happy. Um, Mikel confirming afterwards, said he felt something on one of the sprints in his hammy. He will need to be assessed. When he spoke in a press conference after that, uh, he said he felt it after the action on the run for the goal. Normally, he's not one of the players to have muscular issues, but he had to come off. So let's see. I mean, look, it's a hamstring issue. That's not good. <laughs> That's not good. No matter how much you dress it up, you kind of look at it. And in my mind now, and this is just, not based on any information, but I'm just looking at Martinelli going to be out for that three weeks. And you just think when it's hamstring injury, you immediately think three to four weeks. Hopefully it's not bad. You never know. It might clear up. It might have just been a little twinge or something like that. But when you're a player like Martinelli, who relies on the pace, who relies on that speed sort of from a stand-in start, 
any sort of hamstring issue does not sound good. And you have to think the international break has played into that. The long travel over to South America, he didn't even play much over there. And he came on in the second game. But the travel coming back, travelling up to Goodison, um, you know, it's not helped. And this is a, the perils of the international break when it comes to players. And, you know, with Arsenal, I feel sorry for Martinelli. He got Champions League this Wednesday night. It'll be his first ever Champions League appearance. He'll have been so looking forward to that. And now he's going to have to sit on the sidelines for a good few weeks. He's going to miss the North London derby, you would imagine. It's just a real shame for him. And um, hopefully, fingers crossed, it's not too bad and he can come back quickly. But it was certainly the big sort of downer on yesterday's result. I mean, it all came from this moment, didn't it? The goal that was chalked off for VAR. Um, it's it's provoked an awful lot of debate. I mean, I look at it and I just think, how can that be offside? I don't get it. But, and there's a question here from Richard. says, hi, Charles, watch your show every day. Our disallowed goal, how can that be offside? going by the current rules of offside. If you watch the play without knowing the outcome, 100% everyone will say the Everton player was trying to block the pass. So why is it disallowed? This is why the officials, including the other guys, have no feel for the game. This is basic for me. I just don't get it. And worse, no one seems bothered about a wrong call. Well, the thing is, Richard, it wasn't a wrong call. And you can blame VAI, you can blame the officials, but they're just putting the rules of the game into action there. And... The, the rules are that, and I think it's mad because it just doesn't make any sense to me because it's it surely, it's deemed that that is not a deliberate play by Beto, which seems mad because he's clearly trying to intercept Gabriel's pass. He's deliberately putting his leg out to intercept Gabriel's square pass and that deflects the ball into the path of Nketi. But by the rules of the game right now, it's not deemed a deliberate play because you've got to have the ball under or he's got to have the ball under the control or something like that for it to be deemed a deliberate pass or deliberate play. Um, And because this was like a deflection, he just stuck his leg out and he had no control over it or where it went that the officials by the letter of the law deemed that that wasn't a deliberate play, a deliberate action. And that's why in as you can see his trailing leg is offside and that's why it's disallowed. So as much as it baffles me because it just feels like it's such a grey area. It's such grey. The wording of it all just is open to so much debate, and it just baffles me out because you just think he sticks his leg out. He tries to intercept the pass, so it has to be deliberate. But as I said, by the letter of the law, it's not deemed deliberate. And it was a shame because it was such a good goal. It was a lovely assist by Vieira as well. And obviously, it's, you know, it's ended up with Gabriel Martinelli not just having a goal ruled out, which would have been the first goal of the season in the Premier League. But it's also let him get injured as well from the sprint. And it's just a real shame for Arsenal. And um, so, yeah, Richard, that's why uh, that's why it was ruled out, unfortunately, as much as we can both sit here right now and think it just doesn't really make any sense to us. But the good thing is, is it didn't end up costing Arsenal. And we're not sat here now debating this big VAR incident and all this controversy um, because Arsenal went on to win the game thanks to that brilliant goal by Leandro Trossard and what a goal it was as well from him. And I thought that was really important for Trossard, especially given Martinelli's injury. Trossard's going to be really important over the coming weeks. You'd think he's going to come in and start on Wednesday night, probably start on, uh, against Spurs in North London Derby as well. And he needed that goal because I thought when he came on for the first 20 minutes leading up to half time, I thought it was really poor Trossard. His touch was wrong. He was getting, it just wasn't really working out for him, but I thought it was excellent in the second half. And then the goal as well, doing the world of good, which is mad to think that's only his second goal for Arsenal, uh, competitive goal for Arsenal, Trossard, after the goal he scored pretty much on his debut. I think it was his second appearance, wasn't it, against Brentford? But this is his first goal since then, and hopefully the first of many from him as well. All right, that's it from me, everyone. Thank you very much for watching or listening today on this very happy Monday morning after another Arsenal win. And 
on a Monday morning that is the start of a Champions League week. I'll be back tomorrow to talk all things Arsenal again in the morning. And then in, at some point tomorrow in the afternoon, myself and James Benj, of course, will be sitting down for Inside Arsenal Extra Time. That will be going out in on Tuesday evening, so keep your eyes built for that. If you've got any questions or comments you want to ask myself or James to be included in that episode of Extra Time, then please do let me know in the comments below. Put them in there and I'll try and include some of them in the show as always. Thank you very much for your time, everyone. Have a very good start to the week and I'll see you very, very soon. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 